Hello and welcome. Welcome to uh, the Sunday Afternoon Podcast with Greg Reese. I am your host, Greg Reese. Today is April 16th, 2023. Hello, fellow adventurers of Earth. I hope you guys are all doing well. I hope you guys are all healthy, happy, and feeling good, as good as you can be. I, I have a feeling we're, we're all a bit traumatized from the past few years. Obviously, some more than others, and we all have our own way of dealing with it. So I hope you guys are all dealing with it pretty well. Uh, today, we're talking about, um, we're going to rant a little bit about racism tribalism, hate, uh, stupid stuff. I was tempted to blow it off, but um, I decided I'm going to talk about it today to everyone and get it off my chest and then put it away, put it away for good then. So I'm just getting this off my chest, getting it out of the way, going on record. Why is it important for me to go on record? It's important for me to go on record because there's a lot of... um, stuff in the comments I see here on my Substack when I go public, uh, a lot of hate, a lot of tribalism, a lot of um, blaming, a lot of victim, victimhood. Uh, and I don't, I ain't down with that, you know? I'm not, um, I'm not trying to be judgmental. In fact, I think that's why I'm going to let it go after this rant in the future is because I think it is a bit judgmental. I think I am going to be a bit judgmental today. So let me get that out of the way first. I'm not, I, uh, the way I, the way I feel about this, it's the opposite of thinking that I'm better than anyone else. I guess. I mean, I don't know if that's going to make sense when it comes through. Uh, but I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I understand that because the whole point I'm going to be trying to make on this episode is that we are all different and we're all on different levels of growth, evolution, spiritually, mentally, physically. And to expect um, everyone to be sort of on your page is insanity. And yet we all kind of do it just seems to come natural to the ego. Once you identify with yourself, uh, there seems to be a natural tendency to assume everyone else should do the same. When you say that out loud, it sounds crazy because it is. So um, why does it bother me? Um, I guess it bothers me because it's kind of my little, it's it's a little online virtual space that I have on Substack that's becoming sort of like a little business of mine, a little place of mine. And a lot of the stuff I'm seeing and the, uh, the, the hateful racist stuff I'm seeing, I see as um, ugly. And, and I'll get into the specifics of why I think it's ugly. It's normal. And I think it should be allowed, and it's unavoidable. We'll get into that, too. But it's kind of like I'll give a story. When I was a younger man in my 20s, I was in a 
rock and roll band. Uh, the band I was in had this very big office space, abandoned office space that we practiced in. We were getting it from trade. It was a pretty crazy deal. It didn't last long, just about a year. But uh, on the first week to celebrate, we threw a party and we invited everyone. We invited a bunch of professional artists, a bunch of student artists, uh, struggling artists. We had a DJ, drinks. We had a painting party. Everyone was allotted a piece of wall and they could go to town. So there was all kinds of art. Some people took it very seriously. One guy, a friend of mine, came and showed up early and started painting early and spent hours on it. And then that night when the party was really kicking, some other friends of mine showed up with spray paint and they started walking around the room tagging things with their spray paint cans. And they, uh, I mean, yes, were they being assholes? A hundred percent. I'm trying to stop saying that. Yes, they were. I'm trying to stop saying 100%. Yes, they were. Was it kind of artistic? I think so. Was it kind of sort of funny? Maybe a little bit. Uh, but it was my party and they were my friends. And so I couldn't, I had to kick these people out of the party. And I explained to him why though on the elevator down, I was explaining to him, look, you're, I get it. I can see the artistic thing in what you're doing. But you're, uh, you're doing it at the expense of a lot of other people's feelings, you know? That was kind of, in a sense, I can see how that's kind of artistic too. They were challenging these artists with their attachment to their work. I get it. I can really see the beauty in it. But I had to ask them to leave uh, because um, I, wanted the, I wanted people, I wanted everyone to enjoy themselves, right? And, it, and well, really, the, the answer is because it was my party. So I was able to do that. Same with Substack. Substack is my Substack. So if I want to um, have a feeling about it or do something about it, I certainly can. I was considering starting to censor comments, which I can do because I'm not the government. I don't owe you anything. You know you know what I'm saying? Like the whole argument about Twitter and the First Amendment is also retarded and stupid and proof that humanity is really dumb because Twitter is not the government either. Twitter can censor all they want. Who cares? There's a, it's a trap being set. That's what's going on with the whole Twitter freedom of speech thing. It's a trap. It's a mental trick where people are, are trying to make you stop thinking about the Bill of Rights and start focusing on things like Twitter. Anyways, that's a whole other conversation. But I have I had some people um, report comments on my Substack, so I've gotten emails from Substack saying basically someone reported this. Do you want to delete the comment or ignore it? Uh, I've ignored it. I was thinking about making this podcast and saying, "Look, from not from now on, I'm going to delete," but I don't think I'm going to. Um, I'm going to just. Uh, Exercise getting over it myself and ignoring these things myself. It's good practice for me. For now, I'll do that. Um, and hopefully, maybe this, this rant I have today will even get through to a couple people. <laughs> I don't expect that. 
But it's possible. It's possible that some people doing this don't think that they're coming and crapping all over my party. Some of them might actually think that they're, you know, just trying to help and they're, they're being positive. And so maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe I, don't, I, I doubt it. I think a lot of these people are doing it on purpose as trolls and as feds. And we'll get into that too. But um, anyways, how you guys doing? Before we get into it, uh, not much admin news other than what I just spewed out. It was a slow week last week, wasn't it? I was braced for like a crazy news cycle week. And uh, there was nothing. People, all people were talking about was like election 2024 stuff, as if that even matters. So, anyways, I doubt it'll be slow this week. What are the chances? We got 420 coming up this week. And uh, we are in airy season. What else? Um, Yeah, I guess we'll tap into some news maybe near the end. But there's not much news to cover, right? The best news I got all week was the bit of a 9-11 news about how there were CIA agents. The terror, Some of the terrorists were in the CIA. That was pretty good. And I got something uh, from a friend of mine in a text message, a friend of mine who did a lot of work uh, making documentary films on Oklahoma City bombing and he's telling me well he sent me an article that showed how Muhammad Atma and a few others actually were carrying around government credit cards expired government credit cards that they were still using and they were still being accepted even though they were six months expired that's interesting that was interesting news I may do a deep dive on that I gotta look into that more but I think that's pretty interesting that's news to me, but the article he sent me, I think, it was from 2007, so it's not, it's not recent news. All right, let's get into it. Racism. What is it? What is it anyways? Racism is, first of all, the word is overused. Why is the word overused? The word is overused because people don't like being called, people don't like being called a racist. In fact, it seems like most people will, you know, adapt and change their behavior or, or shut up or hide as, as, a, as a way of avoiding being called a, a racist, being pointed at being called a racist. That's why the word is used like it is. It's used as a control power method to get people to shut up or to um, discredit people or to shun, you know, get people to, you know, uh, you, when you label someone that and they're labeled that in public, then a lot of people will just dismiss whatever they're saying. <clears throat> It's similar to being accused, being accused of being a pedophile. Pedophile uh, seems a bit stronger. You know, even if you were accused of being a pedophile and you were completely innocent, it almost doesn't matter. 
That's how powerful words are. You could be a saint, but you're in publicly labeled that, and eh, forget it. You might as well go live out in the country in the middle of nowhere, change your name. <laughs> so that's why the word is used, and that's why the word is overused. And, lo- and hopefully, we're getting to the point where no one cares anymore about being called a racist. And I'm in full support of that. I have no problem with racism. Let me say that first. I have no problem with it. I mean, I have a problem with it in the sense of I find it ugly. And I find it to be sort of low IQ and monkey, knuckle dragging animal stuff tribalism. So it's not interesting. I I prefer to sort of be around people that are interesting and innovative and cutting edge, stuff like that. I guess I, maybe I'm a snob, (laughs) you know, oh, well, but I don't have a problem with it in the sense that I, that I think it should be um, censored. No, it's censored enough already in, in social circles just because it's ugly. Most racists kind of hide out in the shadows, always have. They always have. Uh, In real life, when you meet real racists, it's usually, there's usually sort of a subtle introduction. It may be not that subtle, but usually they will offer their feelings to you to see how you, if you agree or disagree, as a hopes of, of you agreeing with them. Because now you're on the same team and you can hate with each other. You can hang out in the same little group and hate. How entirely gay is that? Pretty bad, right? I mean, I don't want to hate anyone. Hate, I I think we've all sat with the feeling of hate and blame and victimhood all the same. And it's not a good place to be. It's an extremely negative place to be in. It's going to cause you to spiral downward and become uglier and weaker and all that. It's it's no good. But we've all been there, I think, to a certain extent. When you get there, you want to get out. And so it's always been shunned by the majority, which is a beautiful thing. It, it just goes to show you that the majority of the people are are positive people. It's in our, if you're, if you're functioning at a healthy, somewhat average level, then I think that includes wanting to be happy and positive. That's kind of cool. But some people get stuck in the negative. And um, it becomes a religion and an obsession for some people. And like I said, you'll usually, sometimes you'll come, it's rare my experience before all the Trump era crazy, you know, nonsense madness that we've been experiencing for the past several years, before then, back in the, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, when you came across a genuine racist, it was always uh, kind of on the down low and it was rare. And like I said, it was usually sort of a, they, a person would throw out a statement just to get your reaction once they got a, you know, a less than positive reaction and they realized you weren't going to be down with that. And they kind of like brought it back in and hit it again, you know? 
So the only way you really see the raw, unadulterated hate is when you um, agree to it and you, uh, and, you, and you join that club and then you're with someone's gay little tribe and then you can all share the hate. Sounds like fun. <clears throat> That's sarcasm, obviously. Um, So, I mean, I don't have a problem with it uh, in the sense of censoring it. Like, that's what political correctness is all about. Political correctness, I find to be actually more loathsome than hate than racism. I prefer racism over political correctness any day of the week. I mean, um, especially because of like what I just said, when left alone, naturally, it's always hidden. I guess that the only way that's going to change is if uh, human society turns into something more negative than it is right now. But I don't think that's I think I don't I don't think that's innately in the realm of possibilities. That's why it's being used as a as a blunt object right now. It's because mankind is um, collectively opposed to that or um, averse to it. But some people get really stuck up in it. This is also why um, the feds play the game. They, this is why the feds are throwing the bait out and trying to find other haters to join their clubs. That's exactly why they're doing it. Because they know that this is a a look and a vibe that most people are averse to, which means, well, I mean, you can do the thinking. You can do a lot with people like that. If you form a little group of people that you can control that are lost in an obsession of victimhood and hate, then you can use them as useful idiots for your, you know, big government schemes and the people aren't going to really come to their defense that much because they're so averse to the whole vibe, right? Easy peasy. It's really simple stuff. But I'd rather know who the racists are and the haters. There was a time, well, if, you're, if you're young, you might not remember, but there was a time when racism was in comedy. And that's where it belongs. It's not there much anymore because it's not politically correct. But the reason it was there in the first place was because it's a way of getting over it. It's a way of transmuting hate into laughter, which is incredible. That's magic. That's some serious human magic right there. It's not all good. Before um, the political correct, the politically correct era, I remember there was a time where a lot of the, like if it wasn't funny, uh, then I always thought it was just weak. I was like, oh, you're not really funny, so you're just going to make it all racial. That's your way of being a stand-up comic. Since you're not funny, you're just going to be make it all racial, you know, because maybe that'll get a laugh, and it kind of does. It's a cheap, easy way of getting a laugh. But when it's funny, it's great. 
Archie Bunker, I thought was funny. Richard Pryor, I thought was funny. Eddie Murphy, I thought was funny. George Carlin was funny. These, these were all sources of good sources of good racial humor. We need to get some of that back too. And I got no problem with that. Hey, if you, uh, on a side note, if you want to come on and spew racial jokes that are funny, I'm all for it. That's love. That is a form of peace and love. Why is that important, peace and love? Because that's what we're here for, in my opinion. We're on this earth for adventures, and we're all here, obviously, for our own adventure. We're all here for our own unique experience, growth, classroom adventure. It's not about having a great time. It's about struggles and learning from them. It's about bearing your own cross, experiencing this raw jungle chaos of swimming in information and data and coming out the other end of every conflict and struggle, a better person. We are being forged in the fire. In my opinion, that's what this is all about. It's like a classroom we're in. Or a training ground. And so what that means, so, so maybe you don't feel that way. And maybe that's why you're okay with blaming other people for your problems. Because maybe since it, if you don't see it as a classroom and you don't think you have anything to learn here, then you just see everyone else as uh, getting in your way of having a good time. Maybe that's what it is. So maybe it's just a perspective thing. Could be. Obviously, people don't, you know, everyone has their different perspective, obviously. Well, my perspective, like I just said, is that this place is a, is a classroom and we're here to learn. And so if I want value, I have to look at myself. I have to find the flaws in myself and try my best to... Um, either overcome those flaws or adapt and change them so that I can be work on being a better person today than I was yesterday. Because if I don't have that as a thing to do, then what is the point of all this? Right? That's how I feel. And when you find, especially when you go out of your way to find and prove that there is another person or organization or entity or race that is responsible for your problems and they're the problem. That's just victimhood. That's just avoidance. That's ignoring, that's pretending that you've got it all figured out. That's pretending that you have no flaws. It's pretending that you're perfect and you're godlike. And now you have the ability to point your almighty finger at uh, those of us who are weaker and inferior to you. It's normal. That's what the ego wants to do. It's, I think every one of our egos is inclined to think that it's right about everything and everyone who feels differently is wrong. That's what my ego tries to whisper in my ear. I have learned to ignore that whisper like you would ignore a stupid, petulant child on a bad day. 
You know, you don't take it seriously. It's just, it's what, that's, it's what the ego does. The other stupid thing about racism is when you really dig into it, it's like, specifically, okay, let me get into it. Specifically, what I'm seeing is all the Jew haters. And a lot of these, most of them, most of the Jew haters on the internet, I think are feds. And if they're not feds, then they have obviously personal hung up reasons or maybe they're just completely given into their ego. And like I said, that's what the ego wants. The ego wants to blame every, blame other people and never look at itself. The ego will never. If you're ego-driven completely, you're never looking at yourself humbly, ever. The only way you're ever going to actually have any humility and look at yourself is if you can step out of your ego. A lot of people have a spiritual ego where you feel like you're a spiritual you know, holy Christian-like person. And so therefore, you're you're obviously not doing anything wrong because you're, you know, you've already fixed all your problems. If you feel that way, then please stay away from me. (laughs) You know, those are the most dangerous people walking amongst us are the ones with the spiritual ego, with the good ego. Oh, I've already fixed my ego. Oh, I've already dealt with it. Okie dokie. I don't believe it. I've met people that are considered gurus. I've met people that are famous in the world for being known as enlightened. And I call BS on all of it. If if you're a human being and you're on earth, then you're here to, I don't think you're here to save everyone else. I think you're here to, Learn. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm okay with that. But a lot of these Jew haters use biblical scripture to prove that that Jews are the problem for everything, which I think is funny because that biblical scripture was written by Jews and translated by the Rosicrucian Secret Society Committee, the Council of Nicaea. And yet you take this book to be, you know, the absolute word of God. Now, I'm, I'm sure I'm offending a bunch of people right now for suggesting that the Bible was written by man and might not be the absolute word of God. Some people at this point are unsubscribing, cursing my name, saying I'm going to hell and turning it off. Fine. Look, I have my faith in God. I do not have faith in man. When it comes to racism, I'm guilty a little bit too. I wouldn't say it's racist. It's more like prejudiced because it's got nothing to do with race. It's got to do with just being, you know, prejudging. But I'm prejudiced kind of towards strangers. I have a stranger prejudice, right? Stranger danger. Now, it's kind of a joke. But it's not. It's really not. Uh, from my experience in life, I think it's a fairly safe tactic to assume that if someone you don't know uh, is potentially a, a monster, 
Uh, and that's a fact, you know, that includes people on TV, poli- especially politicians. You know, just because someone smiles and says nice things certainly does not mean anything. Obviously. So we all have our prejudices. Once I uh, meet someone in person and form a, and shake their hand and share some laughter and, and bond with them, and if I see that we're on similar ground, uh, now there's a, a love and a brotherhood or a sisterhood, a bond. Maybe even uh, that that might even grow into some type of loyalty. This is beautiful stuff. Uh, but with strangers, yeah, strangers, you just never know. I will say, I assume that most people are like I said earlier. I think I do think most people are positive. They want at least they want to stay positive. They they don't want to go negative. They want to stay on the happy love vibe. That is a natural part of mankind like I was saying. So even though I do have a prejudice towards strangers, I understand that most of them are probably decent, just annoying to me, as I would be annoying to them. (laughs) (coughs) But um, I don't like the the Jew hate. Okay, I, I might do a report. People have been asking me to do a report on the Khazars because that's the, that's the new sensation on the internet is the Khazarian mafia. A lot of people are throwing that phrase around. Um, someone just asked me to do a report on it recently. I'm holding in my hand the only source I'm aware of of this. It's Arthur Kessler's The 13th Tribe. Uh, the startling new discovery about the true ancestry of the Jewish people. It will cause a stir. Now, I've heard a lot about this book. It's very interesting. But there's not a lot of sources. So it's one of those things, it's very enigmatic and interesting, but I'm not quick to just jump on something like, that doesn't have proof and say, okay, well, that's true. That's true then. A lot of people are. A lot of people don't need proof. They just need everyone else to be saying it's real. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, it's real. Haven't you heard? Haven't you heard? This is what the story is. Everyone, everyone agrees. Oh, you haven't heard? You must be controlled opposition. That's funny too. I get people accusing me of being controlled opposition just because I don't believe everything that they believe. Guess what? I probably hardly believe anything that you believe. So anyways, this book, I haven't read the whole thing yet, but I I can tell you that what's really interesting about it is this book is a historical account of people from a place called Khazaria that did exist, does not anymore, from the Caucasus Mountains. I think David Icke claimed that this is the source of white people. Caucasian, Caucasus Mountains, Caucasian area of the Ukraine. Um, A lot of the uh, Aryan-loving Nazis from the area. Uh, A lot of the the belief is that these Aryan, uh, the Aryan bloodline came in this part of the world. The white bloodline came in this part of the world, all that stuff. Anyways, the Khazars... um, they all 
became wandering gypsies, basically. I think it says here when it happened. I think it was like the 8th century. It was a long time ago. (laughs) Oh, yeah, in the Dark Ages. This is the back of the book. This book traces the history of the ancient Khazar Empire, a major but almost forgotten power in Eastern Europe, which in the Dark Ages became converted to Judaism. So they all converted. Well, I think it was within a period of years, just a few years. I think it was tens of thousands of these Khazars converted to Judaism. The author of this book claims that these are the Ashkenazi Jews, the wandering Jews. I think most people agree. I think Jewish history agrees that the wandering Jews of Europe are the Ashkenazi Jews. The Ashkenazi Jews are the wandering Jews of Europe. The um, Ashkenazis, uh, I like to sometimes say Ashkenazi, because if you look at the spelling of Ashkenazi, the last four letters is Nazi. Same spelling. Which is interesting because it was the Ashkenazi Jews who worked, who were the Zionists. They were, they were the ones who became Zionists. And if this story is true, if this 13th tribe story is true, this means that the Ashkenazi Jews who claimed to be the Jews in the Bible, and that's why they believe that it was fair and just of them to take land away from the Palestine and call it Israel. Um, I see it as I see that as criminal. I see it as just as criminal as as a you know how America was stolen from its inhabitants. It happens all the time. That's how land is taken. It's conquered. So I'm not crying about it, but uh, Israel was definitely one of those unfair, unjust, unlawful land grabs. But they did it a lot through deception. They, in my opinion, they claimed. I mean, even if, even if this story isn't true about the 13th tribe and the Khazarians, I still call BS on saying, "Look, the Bible says that that's our land and that's our land." That's BS because the Bible is not that clear. And the Bible could be talking about other things, right? It's called uh, allegory. So I call BS on that either way, the whole story that, oh, the Bible said it's our home, it's our home. These guys are just living there. They shouldn't be there. What are they doing there? You know, that's all BS. But anyways, according to uh, the 13th tribe, these people weren't even Jewish. They all just converted thousands of years after the Bible was was uh, written, which makes it even more BS. It's interesting that they worked, these Zionist Ashkenazi Jews were friendly with the Nazis during World War II. They were allowed, their shops were allowed to stay open and function when all other opposing parties and political organizations and religions were shut down. The Nazis helped the Ashkenazi Zionists uh, set up Israel. (laughs) 
the 6 million Jews killed in the Holocaust number predates World War II. Um, they've been, that number, you can find uh, plenty of evidence that number has been used for decades, decades prior to World War II by the Zionists. It's a Zionist thing. That 6 million killed is a Zionist thing. And I don't know what the meaning of it is, but it, you can see protests and marches with Zionists carrying signs saying 6 million dead that are decades prior to the World War II. So that's weird. Isn't that weird? Now start people. some people are starting to think I'm a racist just because I'm saying these interesting things. And some people are saying, oh, he's on our side. He feels the same way. He sees it. No, I see interesting stories here that don't, that don't completely add up. What I also see is, so, okay, so if what I've said is, is, is uh, okay, so it appears as if World War II, well, it accomplished a great deal of things. I don't think there was any one thing that is more over any other. There's a lot of things it accomplished. But one of the things it accomplished is it, is it was the final nail in the coffin for the steal and the theft of Israel. The Zionists were working on Israel for a while before World War II. Like I said, before the war really kicked off, the Nazis were helping them ship Jews out of, of, of Nazi Germany into Israel, where they were setting up, this is before 1948, when it was just a, uh, I don't know what it was, a settlement, I guess. And uh, you'll find... There was, I can't remember his name, but there was a high-level Nazi who became very involved and he was going back and forth to Israel helping out. And he was even published as saying how the Zionists and the Nazis are very similar. They have, they both want a sort of ethnically, racially pure society. The Nazis wanted, um, you know, all Aryan bloodline, whatever. And the Zionists wanted all Jew Zionists. Right? So they're kind of similar. They're buddies. Also interesting why Ashkenazi spelled the same as Nazi. Interesting stuff, right? Super interesting. I'm crossing into territory that people would call me a Holocaust denier. And all I'm doing is I'm saying some facts. All, everything I've said so far are facts. I mean, I, the, the, the idea of the Khazars converting, I don't know if that's a fact. Uh, but the uh, 6 million predating World War II for decades, that's fact. The Nazis and the Ashkenazis working together to set up Israel, that's a fact. All these things are facts. The fact that, um, interestingly enough, even though they worked together to set up Israel after the World War II in the Holocaust, that was the excuse. That was the excuse to make Israel an official thing, according to the United Nations. There would be no Israel without World War II and the Nazis. Don't you think that's interesting? I think that's very interesting. A lot of people think the Nazis were the good guys because they were fighting the bankers. Now, you're never going to get me down with that. And the reason is because I'm not a tribalist. I'm not a homo. I'm not a government lover. 
I'm into individual freedom and God. That's what I'm into. I'm not into governments. I'm not into groups and gangs and organizations. I don't want to be a part of any of them. I'm not into group mind and gay orgies. (laughs) Okay? That's what they are. I know there's comfort in a group. There's some level of safety that one feels when you're in a gang and a group and a tribe. Uh, I'd rather be stoned alone by the mob. If that's what it takes to maintain an individual freedom and a path of having a personal relationship with God during this brief adventure I have on earth. I'd rather be stoned to death by the mob than be a part of the mob. No thanks. So that's why I feel the way I feel. That's why I feel that there's no way in hell that the Nazis were good guys. It was another gang, tribe, of war-monging, you know, of, of control, power, war. Uh-uh. I ain't into that stuff. And if you are cool, there's plenty of action on earth. We can live in harmony, you and I. You can do your thing, and I can do my thing. That's the beauty of the natural world. The natural world tends to just work out like that naturally. If you're into peace and love and you generate that vibe, you're going to find that vibe in life. If you're into hate and violence and control, you're going to find that vibe too. Both people can live in their own little bubbles. Earth is like that in real life. The internet is different. The internet, we can all come together in the same space and uh, have a sharing circle. So, okay, so having said all that stuff about the 13th tribe and the Ashkenazis and stuff like that, this is the main story where people that make, at least the story that makes sense to me as to why the Jew haters make their point. But even if everything there is true, even if everything in this book is true, it doesn't, I still, I'm not going to get on board with that. It's interesting. It's very interesting, but it really only it really only involves Ashkenazi Jews. And it really only involves the Ashkenazi Jews of generations past. So what else do you got other than just hate, right? If you want to get into blaming entire groups of people, I would blame the Jesuits. They seem to be on top of every game. They seem, they seem to be the holders of all the knowledge. And they seem to be at the, at the heart, always have been at the heart of power, from the Roman Empire to the Vatican, the Knights Templar, But I don't get into that because I'm not a victim. I am a, I am a, a, 
a soul incarnating a human body on earth, having an adventure, learning some incredibly important lessons that I hope to God that I learn. My main prayer every day is, please, God, let me learn the lessons I'm here to learn. Please let me overcome the blinders of my ego so that I can not miss a single lesson. I don't want to have to come back and repeat. I don't want to, whatever. It doesn't, and if I, who knows if we, I don't know if we even get to come back. All the more reason to learn my lessons. So I don't have time to uh, get hung up on other people. Oh, these people are bad? Guess what? So are you and so is everyone else, if you want to really get into it. But I don't care. All I'm concerned about is what's wrong with the entity and the being that I'm incarnated in right now. Greg Reese. What's wrong with Greg? What can Greg do better today? How can Greg be a better person today? How can Greg Reese be less of a selfish ego roaming the earth just trying to survive like an animal? That's unavoidable. But you can always make yourself... You can always learn more. I think I've gone into this before. I think when I first started the podcast, I think one of my first podcasts was talking about this kind of thing. But So not, not everyone feels that way. Some people don't feel that way at all. Some people are convinced that they've already figured everything out and that they're fine and they don't need to do anything. All they're doing now is they're saving the rest of us. And how are they doing it? By pointing their finger at who's to blame. So that's unavoidable. Anytime you find someone whose ego is running the show, that is going to be a dangerous person who finds an enemy to attack or more than likely tries to talk other people into attack for him. That's unavoidable. That's just part of the jungle. It's part of the chaos of Earth. And lately, because of the political correctness, it's been coming out more. And it's been... The political correctness, I believe, is encouraging more people to play the blame game, victimhood, hate circle. I get that. I'm a very, I have a very rebellious personality. And uh, I understand how reverse psychology works. It's happening right now in uh, right-wingers. A lot of right-wingers are really starting to embrace, you know, yeah, okay, we're Nazis, fine. And they, and they don't... They're not genuine about it. They're just, they just think that that's kind of like a funny troll. Are you going to call us Nazis? All right, fine, we're Nazis. And they don't seem to realize that they're taking the bait. That's exactly what they're doing. I mean, the low-level dummies that are out there screaming at them who actually think they're Nazis, yeah, they're low-level dummies. But the ones who told those low-level dummies to call you Nazis are not dumb. They're very smart. They're psychologists. They're occultists. And they know that if they can get all these dummies to call you a Nazi, eventually you'll play along. Or at least enough of you will. It's like basic voodoo. Television programming. Simple stuff. Just, you know, you got to learn to... uh, follow God personally and uh, 
tune in to that. In my humble opinion. So, I don't know. That's how I feel about it. That's my opinion. I uh, tried uh, commenting on a few of these comments in the past week or two. I just, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm just going to ignore it from now on. Um, like I said, I just want to go on record and say I ain't no hater. <laughs> not me. I ain't no Nazi. I try my, maybe I am bragging. I was going to say I'm not bragging, but maybe I am. When I say uh, that one of my, if, if I have an obsession or a religion, it's to not identify with anything other than the bare minimum. I identify with being, having a human male body. That's about as far as I go with identity. I find that important because a human male body has certain needs and requirements in order to maintain healthy biological function. And so because of that, and because I also identify as a soul that has incarnated this human male body, I am tasked with the job of looking out for it. It's no one else's job. The Jews aren't supposed to look out for my body. I'm supposed to look out for my body. That's my job. That's my job entirely. And so it's good to know that I am a human male or I have a human male body. Therefore, I know I have, more, I have good information as to you know, how to care for it. Outside of that, I avoid any identity like the plague. I don't want to be in, in your group. I don't want to be in your organization. I don't want to be, play on your team. I don't want to be on your side. I don't want to be in your club. No thanks. I don't want to join your religion. I don't, you know, uh, why? Because I got other things going on because I'm here to learn. I'm here to become a better person. I'm here to um, humble myself before God and Try every another thing uh, I got to try every day is to try to stay on the path that God has for me. It's not completely clear to me. Over time, I've been alive 52 years. I've been focusing on trying to stay on the path that God has for me my entire life, as, as long as my memory serves. It's been like my main prayer. And I've definitely gotten better, definitely gotten way better. I still wander off every now and then, get lost. Got to get back on. I ain't got time to blame no one else. I ain't got time to judge no one else. And that's why I'm letting this, I'm, I'm, I'm getting this rant out, acknowledging that this is my own weakness. This is my own flaw. The fact that I'm, uh, you know, getting, uh, you know, triggered. You know, what should I, why should I care? What other people think? So this is also me humbly saying, you know, hey, I got to work on this too. I got to let go of it. And so that's what I'm working on right now. I'm going to let go of it. I said my piece. You can go on hating all you want. You can keep trolling. You can keep trying to bait for the feds. You can keep trying to act holier than thou and show off how smart and great you are. 
by spewing your ugliness and your hate. <laughs> All right, I guess I'm getting it out of my system. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> You can do all that all you want. I, I hope you don't. But, you know, we'll see. Who cares? I'm going to try to ignore it. If you are a fan of my podcast, if you're a fan of my Substack, and you enjoy the comment section, and you feel similar to me, then I just hope you join me and learn to... I think it's better, personally. The reason I'm all for um, being offended is because... When you're triggered by something, a lot of times that is something to work on. A lot of times that's a weakness. A lot of times when I'm triggered by something that someone says, it's a sign that there's something there inside of me that I could work on to where I'm not triggered anymore because why should I care about words? You know, that's what getting triggered is. Someone expresses some words on a written words and those words sort of create a thought in your head that triggers your emotions and you get triggered. That's what it is, right? I would argue that if that ever happens, that's a weakness. That's what I would argue. I mean, does it happen to me? Yeah. It happens a lot less because I work on it. I, uh, I found that when you are triggered by something, it's kind of good to let yourself be triggered by it and observe yourself as it's happening and study yourself as it's happening and try to figure out exactly what processes are, are happening inside of your body. It's not happening inside of you. It's happening inside of your body. It's like if you're driving your car and your car has a bad reaction to something specific, you'd want to repeat that bad reaction and figure out what's going on so you can fix it. Same thing in my opinion. So yeah, there's a, it's a weakness that I'm triggered by people's opinions. And I hope to overcome that weakness. But moving forward, we're going to embrace freedom of speech and uh, go from there. And... Um, I, um, the other thing is this, I smell a holy war coming. There's a lot of people I get on my Substack too, that are talking about a Christian America. And I'm not sure exactly what people mean by that. Like, are you going, do you want to enforce that? Like you're, are you talking about getting rid of freedom of a religion and outlawing all other religions? Because I ain't down with that. No, sir, no, ma'am. Uh, personally, I do consider myself a Christian. That's no one's business. That's my own personal affair. I do not believe the Bible is the written word of God. A lot of Christians are going to think I'm a bad person for that, or they'll just think I'm stupid or lost. Whatever. Individual freedom is what I'm all about personally, and so that's really it. I'm okay with... I, uh, freedom of religion is extremely important. I think it's one of the best parts about this country. 
the fact is, is when you really get into the best part of Christianity, in my opinion, which is the natural law, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, not screw other people over, not treading on other people's paths, allowing other people to pursue their own journey, you know, live and let live, all that stuff. That's the basics. I don't believe God is a narcissist who wants to be worshipped. I believe that worship is a expression of an emotional expression of humility, which is extremely valuable in prayer. But I don't, but I think that's uh, that value. The value of that is, is experienced in you, not in God. I don't think God cares about that. I think God just loves you. I'll speak for myself. I believe God loves me and just wants me to learn my lessons, do my work, do a good job and be happy. Because that's where I believe it's all heading. If I do accept my struggles, bear my cross, and learn my lessons, I always end up in a happier, more peaceful place. That's what God wants. That's where it's all headed. To peace and love. So... um Oh, and to, and to finish my point, what I was going to say is a lot of people will have a problem with this too. But there, but most people, whether they're Christian or not, are down with the golden rule and natural law. In my opinion, most people are. They might use different words. They might have different traditions and sources for where they learned that. But they're all on the same page. I can see that. A lot of people can't. And so that's a difference right there. We live in a chaotic jungle. We all speak different languages. We all came up with different cultures. To expect any other culture or person to conform to yours makes you the bad guy. That makes you no different than the Stalin or the Mao. No different. Anyways, I've ranted, I've gotten it out of my system. Um, and, uh, you know, I hope you enjoyed it in some way. I hope it was in some way an enjoying podcast. Uh, I almost didn't do it because I figured it, I thought it would just be a, a, a my own ego trip. In a lot of ways, it is. Like I said, it's my ego that's triggered not my spirit, not my soul. It's my ego that's triggered for various reasons. So this is my own ego, my own flawed, imperfect human ego expressing itself for the past hour about how it feels. <laughs> Boo-hoo, right? So anyways, that's it. Hope you guys are enjoying your Sunday. Hope you're enjoying your weekend. Like I said, I hope you're ha- happy and healthy. I really do love you all. I am prejudiced towards strangers, and uh, most of you are strangers to me because I have not met you or bonded with you. But I do believe we are all on a similar vibe since we're all riding this, uh, you know, I don't think you'd be on my sub stack if, you, if we didn't kind of see things in a similar light. 
And so in a way, in, in a natural birds of a feather way, we are sort of all in the same tribe. So that's it. Have a great day. See you next week.